Would you like an opinion on a financial matter you're dealing with? Whether it's about retirement, investments, taxes, or 401ks, Scott Hansen and Pat McLean would like to help you by answering your call to join Allworth's Money Matters. Call now at 833-99-WORTH. That's 833-99-WORTH. Welcome to Allworth's Money Matters. I'm Scott Hansen. I'm Pat McLean. Glad you are joining us as we talk about financial matters, both myself and the co-host here. We're both financial advisors, certified financial planner, chartered financial consultant. Just means that we uh, kind of know what we're doing here. Well, uh, we think. I hope we know. Well, yes, we think we know what we're doing, and we think we can provide uh, valuable information to you. So we uh, meet with people like yourself during the week and uh, come broadcast on the weekends to be your financial advisors on the air. And we are glad to be doing this program. And we like taking your calls. That's just the reality of it. We tried years ago without calls because yeah. some producer guy said, some guy from Clear Channel or whatever the company was at the time, it said, oh, these studies show that you're better off not taking calls. And we remember we tried that? Yeah, for about two weeks. Yeah. I hated it. <laughs> I, I like that interaction. Well, you know what's fun about it is oftentimes the question somebody has is really, it's not, it's not, it's not directed to the true problem at hand. There's another issue, a bigger issue oftentimes. Or they start with a product as the solution. Well, that's always a bad idea. Yeah. I had that, uh, I had that yesterday. An existing client of mine asked if their son could talk to me about a living trust. And so they... Their son? Yeah, an existing client. Okay. How old was the son? Uh, probably 35. Okay. And it came to mind... A longtime client's husband dies, uh, wife helping to clean up the estate, which, by the way, was easy because we had done the work previously. Very, very easy. And she said, you know, this has made my son think that he needs a living trust because I have a living trust. And I got on the phone with him and said, you know, you don't actually really need a living trust. You have no children. It's you and your wife. What you need is some term life insurance. <laughs> you have no assets, yeah. Well, he has some assets. Okay. Nice kid. <laughs> Um, anyway, but and your point was, my point was, is that, uh, that interaction and he started with, uh, he thought a product would fix his, well, I tell you, I was, I was reading an article this week about, um, the cubes have made a comeback. Oh my QQQ, the ETF QQQ, which we've been doing this long enough through enough market cycles. <laughs> it was in, in the late nineties when ETFs, which are just kind of another form of mutual funds came out that the, the, the index to track the nasdaq was went by symbol qqq people call it the cubes and the nasdaq was on fire in the latter part of the 90s 1999 i think it was up 76 percent or something that year no it was 85 it was 85 percent 85 percent that year phenomenal run and then things fell nasdaq came crashing down down what 70 percent from peak to, to bottom and it languished for years before it hit a new high, but it's on fire again. And I'm reading this article and it's talking about these young, younger people are, are investing, investing is what they call it, investing in it. They, the, the profile on this guy is 23, learned about it on Reddit. Of course. So they learned about it on Reddit and thought it was good. He saw the, how much it had gone up and the companies that it's in. So he thought it was a good idea to be investing. So he's putting in a hundred bucks a month into this. And I thought like, it's not going to end well for him. Well, better at 23 than 63. When you put your life savings in something like yes. that. 100% better. Yes. Better th to learn early. Better to learn early. It's uh, There are market cycles. Not to say that the cubes won't be higher 10 years from now. They're just going to go through a lot of cycles between yeah. here and there. It doesn't mean that they're going to be... Uh, doesn't mean it's going to be a good return either. Doesn't mean it's going to be better than the S and P five hundred or the total well, market. It may not be or, positive over the next decade. It's, in, you, it's so impossible Scott, to know. This week, I watched the last on Netflix, the last blockbuster. Have you seen this this movie called the last? I thought you were going to say the last documentary because you've watched most of the documentaries. <laughs> I know, I'm almost. I thought it's the last doc. We're out. <laughs> we're they all, say we can't recommend it anymore to oh, you, Mr. You can, McLean, because there's can, no more documentaries. You can find some obscure documentaries, but it's called Blockbuster, the last blockbuster. And I'm watching this and I'm thinking, this is a perfect example why you should not own an individual stock in a portfolio and pretend like it's going to be do well forever. Because this company went from, and by the way, back in the day, um, 
it was revolutionary on how they actually priced videos for rent versus the competition. Right. Just blockbuster. Blockbuster. They did revenue share. Everyone else had to actually go out and buy $80, $90 for a VHS tape. And the suppliers would only sell you three. What what percentage of their profit came from uh, late fees? All Uh, of it? Quite a bit of it. It actually, (laughs) quite a bit of it. Actually, um, so anyway, they went from 9,000 stores down to one. This is the last blockbuster. But they put, in the process of growing to 9,000 stores, they put hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of small stores out of business. And then themselves actually folded after being approached by Netflix, Netflix wanting to sell themselves to Blockbuster. Blockbuster just said, no way, never going to happen. But just, um, anyway. Things change. So what's the next, what's the next thing that's going to disrupt the hot things today? Yeah. What's going to displace? Is it Tesla? People believe it's Tesla. I don't believe it's going to be Tesla. Quite frankly, I think it's probably going to be Volkswagen that displaces, uh, Tesla. That's my belief. Um, what, what what's going to disrupt everything else? It's just it's there's so much momentum investing right now. Netflix has been on fire. Now you want to talk about a company that's really pivoted, and they've done an amazing job. They started out with mail ordered yes. videos, essentially. Yeah, it and then, is a direct competitor to Blockbuster, who was doing mail order as well. And Blockbuster almost bought them uh, and decided uh, against it. That's right. And then just <laughs> they would have. I don't think Netflix would not. They probably wouldn't have survived either. It probably would have. Well, actually, what took Blockbuster out is debt. Debt, 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 debt. Remember that? Not only in corporations, but individuals, debt. That's what took Blockbuster out. The competitive environment, and they, uh, they couldn't service their debt, which takes people out all the time. Individuals, companies, homeowners. Yeah. Hey, what do you think about this billion-dollar forgiveness of student loans? Which one? The one that this last week that they've uh, it's there's President Biden. I actually, I I wonder where when, wh- like where where's all the money come from? Oh, that that, that that's the government mm-hmm. doesn't have money. They don't make products and sell services. Well, you like, know where it comes from. It comes from debt right now, but it won't be debt for all always. It'll be taxes to pay the debt. Well, I have a real problem with uh, guaranteed federalized student loans to anybody and everybody, regardless of what the purpose is. That's plain and well. They so this billion dollars was for those that were defrauded because they didn't get the right degrees and they were. I must the not have seen the story. And anyway, because there's what one and a half trillion in student debt. Yeah, it's not that. It's not that big of a number in relative terms. But I was thinking, you know, the government created the fraud by lending money to people to go to these crappy schools. That's right. Right. So shouldn't the government be somewhat guy, responsible? He was, he was, uh, was going to set up a massage school to teach, teach massage therapists. Not that he had any passion in massage. Uh-huh. Just, just thought he'd make a quick buck. It was all based upon the student loans because the students get student loans to go to massage school. Yes. My point exactly. Federally, got, federally guaranteed. Did he set loans. it up? No, he didn't. It was, oh, it was a dream. Sound like my nightmare. <laughs> Let's take some calls. What's our phone number? 833-99-WORTH. That's 833-999-6784 if you'd like to join this yeah. show. Numerically, by the way. Eight, and you can call anytime. We'll schedule a time. We record the calls in this program uh, during scheduled times. Uh, and uh, much the way J- Judge Judy records several episodes of, what's the program called? Judge Judy. Judge Judy. Oh, I've never seen it, but she seems like a nice lady. 833-999-6784. Give us a call. We'll schedule time for you to be on the program as well. Anyway, right now, let's... She retired, by the way. She did? Yeah. She retired. Quite the little empire, too. She had like three or four shows, Hot Bench, a couple other ones. Hot Bench was the title. That's, that's a funny title. Hot Bench where they actually had three right. judges that adjudicated. Oh, look at that. Actually, I know a little bit You're too much. You're watching too much TV. No, no. <laughs> I read an article about her. 
right, let's uh, let's go to calls now. We're talking with Andrew. Andrew, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Hey, great. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, so I've got a question about uh, I recently required a, acquired a rental home uh, <clears throat> through family as a family home. Wait, wait, um, wait. And it's got a. You acquired what? it through a family? Did you inherit well, it? No, we purchased it. Okay. You know, kind of at a, a quote family price. So, um, so we're ahead on it. it. We've got a renter in it now, and it's generating, you know, a couple hundred dollars a month of positive cash. So, my question is: um, Then I have a home that I've owned for 15 years, and I want to turn that into a rental. But I'm wondering about, you know, should I be looking at paying down mortgages? in retirement. So, so you asked us, uh, two different questions and let's address them. Uh, let's address the first one about converting a primary residence into a rental. Um, because that's probably the biggest question. Um, it has to do with the taxation of the property when it is sold. Okay. So what'd you pay for this house? For the one that I'm in currently? yes, Yes. Your primary residence. Paid three oh eight back in two thousand five. And what's it worth today? Five. Okay. So, do you want to address this, Scott, or you would you like? Yeah. To- so right now you've got roughly two hundred thousand dollars of capital gain in this, right? Okay. When you go to sell it, it's sometime. Yeah. I imagine it's sometime in your lifetime, you will sell this house, right? Mm-hmm. If you if you sell it um, shortly after you move out out of it, you can exclude up to $250,000 of gain because it was your primary residence. If you convert this house to a rental, you'll lose that ability in the future to exclude 250,000. If you're single 500,000, if you're married, you exclude that. So if, even if you, even if we thought it was the best idea to have another rental, a $500,000 rental, I would argue, mm-hmm. Pat would argue, sell your house and buy the one next door or whatever, similar kind of property, just so you can lock in that favorable um, tax treatment that you'll, you'll lose otherwise. Yeah. And the second thing to think about is, would it make a good rental? Right? So we yeah. see this all the time with people who are like, oh, I'm going to take my primary residence and convert it to a rental. Oftentimes, <laughs> they're the wrong houses. They're like a swimming pool. Swimming or, pool, or, big yard, wrong location. Uh, they so uh, let's, older. Let's, let's back up. How old are you, Andrew? Forty-eight. And are you married or single? Not uh, married. Yeah. Kids. Three kids. Ages. Uh, one is nineteen, one seventeen, and one is five. Wow. Mm. Yeah. Got time for another one then. Here we go. That's just looking at the spread. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> and what's your ballpark family income? Uh. Per year, one forty. So you you aren't receiving the full tax deductibility, uh, the tax benefits of the rental, I would assume, because it starts to phase out depending on what your adjusted gross income is. So you're kind of right at that bubble. When your income goes too high, yeah, I shouldn't say too high. When it goes up, <laughs> you, you you lose the ability to. You don't. They're not lost forever. You just can't claim any of those losses in current years. And how much debt do you have? How much debt? Yeah. Um, Your primary the, residence. The what, what? Primary residence. I just refinanced it, so I think it's up at three. I owe three twenty. So you paid three oh eight. Yeah. You owe more, more <laughs> on it than you paid for the house. That is correct. And the rental home. How much do you owe on that? Um, two thirty. And what's the value? And it's the value of that is about I would say about three seventy. And how much money do you have saved for retirement? Four hundred in a four hundred one k, and then I have a a small pension that'll be a part of that. And why are you thinking about getting a moving out of your current residence and getting a rental, or turning that into a rental? Well, I just I I, I thought it'd be maybe be a good um, good to have income, you know, an extra stream of income in retirement. But you've got you owe three hundred twenty thousand dollars on it, so mm-hmm. renting it out, you're probably not gonna. Yeah, the, 
The, the concern I would have yeah. is what happens when you've got a tenant that's not paying the rent? What happens when the roof yeah. needs to be repaired? So just like the one you and, say you've and, got $200 a month, you probably really have nothing because when you when maintenance issues pop up, when you have to repair, you know, re- replace the air conditioner yeah. or whatever, it's going to eat up whatever rent you're receiving, netting right now. And so, and that was kind of the meat of my question to you both is, is it more of a, is it more of a liability going forward than it is a good investment? You know? Yes. That no, the answer, the answer is yes. Are you happy no. in the home you, you you're living in your primary residence? Are you comfortable there? It, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's it's a good neighborhood. It's not the greatest neighborhood, but yeah, it's, uh, okay. it's a nice. You should just stay there. It. Don't convert it. Don't yeah. think about moving. Okay. And then uh, put together a plan to to pay this thing off. So in fifteen years, right? So mm-hmm. you want to pay this thing off in fifteen years. You'll be sixty three years of age, and you want to start plowing more money into your retirement plans. But I would not certainly. You're not in a position with that income. And your net worth to actually be converting I mean, you don't wanna, this into a primary you would, residence. You would just lever up even more. You'd have even more debt. And that's the thing that, you, look, like during the last financial crisis, lots of people's homes were foreclosed upon. Nobody's whose homes was paid off, to my knowledge, had a home foreclosed. Like, no. Who's going to foreclose on them, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's that debt that, 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 and when things are going fine. But if anything, this last year's taught us that you never know what's coming. And you could have a rental renter in there that says, I'm not paying and you can't yeah. evict them. You can't do anything about them. And yet you still have to make those mortgage payments. Yeah. And then uh, supposedly they're going to catch up on those, right? They're mm. going to catch up oh, on them. On. But the reality is most people Don't. may not. We, it, it's yet to be yeah, seen. I would, I would, you, you, I would, you keep, would be, you would be taking your financial house and putting it in, on shaky ground by, by. So what you want to do is amortize your existing mortgage on your primary residence over 15 years. So you just go to an amortization calculator and figure out what the payments you, you should be making and then push okay. more money into your 401k. And I wouldn't certainly wouldn't be adding any more to the, the equation. Okay. All righty. Great. All right. All right. Thank Pre- you so appreciate much. And enjoy the five-year-old, by the way, that it <laughs> yeah, actually, no, he oh. knows he's got two teenagers. <laughs> yeah, he does. Uh, <laughs> It's so much more fun. You it know, is, isn't it? Okay, you know, it's a lot more fun. Yeah, and you're less but, stressed uh, yeah. about the little issues. Yeah, you're just you're oh. you're better at it, right? Yeah, we hope. Yeah, well, <laughs> listen. If if uh, a friend told me once that if you knew uh, that it didn't matter so much, you wouldn't have tried so hard as a parent. So yeah, yeah, that's no, true. It's true. It's true. It's a lot of fun. Hey, well, thank you so Thanks, much. Andrew. You shed a lot of light on the situation. I really appreciate All right. it. All right, take care. Glad you called. Again, if, if you want to join us, a question for us, 833-99-WORTH is the number. By the way, this, this got me thinking. There's a story in California. It wasn't Chino, some, some, wherever it was. This, this couple buys a home with cash. They yes. stripped either cash because they yeah. know it was a hot market, so they bought it in cash. Closed, closed before the pandemic. And the person who sold the house never left. They wouldn't move. I, I And I, they can't, they can't. That was going to be their residence. This guy won't leave. There is, and it's it's illegal to evict someone right Scott, now. Scott, there's a special place in 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 hell. Can I say hell? Um. <laughs> what do you mean? Can you say hell? What's the hell? People say that all the time. There's a special place in hell for that guy that sold his house to them. And, what, and you mean that's just pure wickedness? Yeah, just evil. It's just I don't know how else to describe it. I'm yeah. taking your money. I'm not leaving the house. Anyway, spe- but, a special place in hell for the guy that sells his I, house to this young family, pays cash, <laughs> all excited, and he's like, cash yeah, out all you know what? They cash out everything, all their investments and stuff. Ah, the rules have changed. I don't have to leave. I'm just going to stay here. And there's no back rent. I don't know. I mean, I don't, that's a bizarre I, thing. I was hoping you were actually, when you said you read that article, I was thinking oh, the wow, same thing. I thought that's a... Unintended consequences yep, of yep, laws. Yep, yep. All right, let's uh, let's talk here with Steve. Steve, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Hi, Scott and Pat. Hi. When I retire in the next year or so, I should have about 750k in my 401k, and I'd like to take about one or two hundred thousand and put it in a home, home improvement vacation fund. But with the remaining money, I need I need about twenty four hundred dollars a month additional income to supplement my pension is that doable 
So, first of all, taking the money out. Well, when you say taking the money out for home improvements, you mean cashing out uh, the 401k, paying taxes on it, and then doing the home improvements. Is that what you're saying? Well, I'd, I'd rather convert it and not pay the taxes up front and just have that money sitting in an account that I can access it easily. So you're not going to recognize the gain. In your mind, you're splitting the IRA up, one to provide income or the 401k up, and another part that you could draw on for supplementary expenses. Correct. So I'd have about 550000 that I would somehow need to get net $2,000 a month. Yeah, that, I mean, that. I don't think that's that's a 4.3% um, distribution rate. I don't think that's unrealistic, depending upon how the portfolio is invested. Um, you, you have a pension as well, right? A very small pension, yeah. Uh, but I've gone over all of our, our finances, and this is what I've come up with. I would like to supplement about $2,000 a month net. How old are you? 58. And when do you retire? Well, I was going to wait till I was 59 and a half, so I don't have to for the 10% or And what how much is your 401k balance today? 760. Okay. I was just concerned that you were expecting it to continue to grow another year. And uh, have you no, no. have you factored social security benefits into this? I have, your income? I yes, I have. I mean, and, so one thing to so if you were 68 with a larger pension, I'd be much more comfortable 4.3% sounds like a low distribution rate, but the challenge, we're, we're in a very low interest rate environment right now. I'm confident that over the long term, you can do that and have it grow with inflation. But in order to do that, you have to have the portfolio has to be invested with some stocks in it. It has It's going to be volatile and you're going to have to be comfortable living with that. Um, and are you going to lower your monthly distribution once Social Security kicks in or are you going to keep it the same? I'd like to keep it the same. I, I don't actually need 2000 a month, but in order to sustain the lifestyle we're used yeah. to and maybe have some extras. Um, what do you owe in your yeah, house? Uh, $220. And with the repairs you're planning on doing um, to the house, the, the challenge is taking a hundred or 200000 out of the 401k is all going to be taxed as income. So you might end up losing 40% of that, depending on how much you take out in any one year. Here's, I, I mean, I think you could probably accomplish the things you want to accomplish. It's tight, though. It's a little tight. I mean, if you, were, if you worked a few more years, you'd probably, well, here's what I would highly recommend. Get a, have a financial advisor that's, that specializes in retirement planning. Create some plan. Not someone who's selling product, by the way, because guys who sell annuities and stuff to... But, well, well, I have I have my uh, my four hundred one k through Fidelity, so I have been speaking with yep. yeah, but they're not Fidelity. They're just talking about investments. What what you want to do is what if scenarios, uh, planning all this out, right? When Social Security right. kicks in, what's that going to look like? Like maybe you take a little more from your four hundred one k between now and the time Social Security kicks in, and then lower it back down. Like so, you can do a lot of different what if scenarios. What if you what if you left today? What if you worked for another four years? And you can map all that out so you can make an informed decision. I would approach it from that angle first, and then back into these other Be, because the, the the scenario you laid out is is possible, but it is tight. It's, it's not. It would be a horrible idea to take two hundred grand out of your four hundred one k in one year to do house. It would be the worst way to pay for it because of the tax consequences. Well, I don't really have any home improvement. I, I was just calling it a home improvement slash vacation fund that I would ah, like to set okay. aside. So you don't have it earmarked no. for anything? No, no. Oh, no, I, just I feel to, much I more comfortable with that. It. If I were to walk into your office today and give you this scenario, would you be able to sit down with me and, and on paper show me how I would have the supplemental income yes. for the rest of my yeah. life. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. more so probably using a software program where you can play different scenarios. Yeah, you sit down and, with the... And what happens if you have another financial crisis occurred? And so how would that... And so the, the idea is to give you the highest probability of success in retirement. Any good financial advisor, any good financial plan is really about probabilities, having the highest degree of, of probabilities for success in retirement. So That's he, what... we. I mean, as financial advisors, we care about when you're 68 or 78, 
or 88 and making sure you're in the right place there. So I would strongly recommend uh, going through that financial planning process. I mean, you're like, it's the, it, it would help you, whether you or not you just chose to hire an advisor, I think it would help you immensely just going through this, this process. All right. Yeah, the problem is not many people are having in-office visits right now. Oh, they can do it remotely. Yeah, we have and, and, seventy and advisors that, across that, the U.S. That, that are doing these meetings remotely, and that will change probably within weeks. We got to take a quick break. Stick around for more of Allworth's Money Matters. Can't get enough of Allworth's Money Matters? Visit allworthfinancial.com slash radio to listen to the Money Matters podcast. Welcome back to Allworth's Money Matters. Scott Hansen, Pat McClain. Thanks for being part of our program today. And you are part of our program because it wouldn't, for our listeners, we wouldn't have. This is not like a hobby podcast we do. Although there are, I wonder how many podcasts there are today. Oh, like how many uh, kids are living in their basement putting out a podcast? Yeah, I know. I, trying to be yes. a social influencer. Right. It's a strange time we live in when you ask the average 16 year old, yeah, what do you want to, girl, what do you want to do? And you want to be a social media influencer. <laughs> we had a, a TikTok star um, uh, uh, last 4th of July. What do you mean you had a TikTok? At a, on, at a, uh, up in Tahoe. What makes you a star? He was, uh, I, I, I don't know how many followers he had. He made, was making a lot of money. He was a oh. college kid. And we, have a, we were up in Tahoe with a boat. It was 4th of July. And um, Was he doing TikTok videos while you were on the boat? No, but he seemed like he was performing a bit, actually. <laughs> he was a very animated kid. And it was um, my friend who's, it was my friend's son's friend, a college roommate or something like that. And apparently, um, and he's like, oh, yeah, he's already been found out that he's in Tahoe because one of his pictures and there's like girls all knew who he was. And were they stalking my, you? No. Like they were. We're in the boat in oh. Tahoe. So you go and stalk But it's just the strangest thing. And, I'm, and like, it's just this, that whole fame thing is such a oh. bizarre thing. It just, I don't understand it. Well, I have 10 million views on um, uh, YouTube on my the bear one? Yeah, the bear one. Yeah. But it doesn't make me famous. You can't see my face. I didn't film Pat it. came face to face with a bear. And both the bear and Pat went, turned the direction, went running. And, and someone filmed it uh, and put it up on YouTube. And You don't get any credit. Where's the royalties? I get nothing out of You can't see my face. It's blocked by an American flag. Very patriotic, by the way. <laughs> Is it a Trump flag? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, an American flag. Okay. All right, let's uh, go. I don't know why we got sidetracked on that. I just, it's, how did we get sidetracked on I that? I don't know, but, but let's get this. It's a bizarre. Like people wanted to, when, they, when we were young, you wanted to be like a doctor or a lawyer or. Now you want to be a, a, I've never even been on TikTok. An influencer. I'm on Instagram just so I have, I follow my, my two children, older children. Do they use it a lot? My son never, almost never. My daughter, my 25-year-old, she, she posts. If you just followed her Instagram, you'd think for sure she's an a, a alcoholic. <laughs> really? Uh, and then all she does is party. Because it's like every, it's just, she's with a friend and they're out to dinner. And she takes a picture of her wine glass, take a picture of her white claw, drinking oh. with their girlfriends. And say, it That's just, the look? They're all, it's like you want her life, right? That's how these things are. Like, so they yeah. have this. Yeah. Not to be an alcoholic. I didn't mean that. It just okay. like she's always... Okay. All right. Write that down. <laughs> if you got other than that part. It's just this... So they, it's this I, my, kind of fake My kids world. show me TikTok things. Like, we'll be sitting at dinner, and they'll like, watch this, Dad. But I've never been on TikTok myself. I never... I have no desire. I'm not on Facebook. No? I'm, I'm tired of it all. All right. Let's go back to calls here. Talking with Charles. Charles, Charles you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you for your integrity and the service you provide. Well, thank oh, you. Thank you. Appreciate that. My wife and I are in our mid-30s, and we're starting to make uh, some more advances in our career and our income, and we're starting to see that taxes are starting to go from a, you know, just a mild nuisance to a serious you know, chunk yeah. of our income. And we're both 
already maxing out our 403Bs, our company-sponsored 403Bs. And, um, you know, we were hoping to take advantage of some of the relief uh, bills because we both have children that are out of school. We've had to pay for child care. Uh, we're both health care workers. And so we've had to go into pers- in person. But because of our income, uh, we didn't qualify for any of that. And so we're just wondering, is there anything we can do proactively to help ourselves on the on the taxes? And I mean, I'm, yeah, quit working. I, I'm happy. Right. Well, you know, I'm, I'm no, happy. I mean, uh, I'm kind of know. saying that tongue in cheek, but I mean, uh, I think this last this one this one point nine trillion dollar relief package, the the wealth transfers, uh, it hit about seventy five percent of Americans. So twenty five percent didn't get any. Of course, we're all going to pay for it. Twenty five percent didn't get any, and seventy five percent received. Some, some, or a lot, whatever. And you were the whatever a lot means. You were part of the twenty five percent that. Um, so there's nothing really you can do today if you're already maximizing. I mean, sometimes a, when you contribute to a company retirement plan, four hundred one k, four hundred three b, it reduces your adjusted gross income, which is a number that it's often looked at when it sees if you qualify for certain benefits. And you're doing that. The other things that you take advantage of are growing dollars tax deferred or tax free. And that's a completely different issue because what that's going to do is it's long-term tax planning. But in terms of what you can do tomorrow in order to lower your taxes, there's, there's not a lot. There is not a lot. And there, you know, so there's a couple of advisors that are listening to this right now saying, well, you're wrong. You could buy low income housing tax. Uh, so you get some tax credits. You yeah, but could- there's limits on that too. When your income goes, all that stuff gets phased out. That's right. That's right. The problem, I mean, if you look at this, this, the studies of where the taxes are coming from, I mean, the top 5% pay the majority of the taxes. I think the top 1% pay about 50% in and of itself. So as your income goes up, you begin to lose uh, your personal exemptions. You lose some of your itemized deductions. You clearly lose some of the, uh, you lose um, when your kids are at college, you're going to lose the ability to get student loans or grants. You're in the state of California, so you don't get the state income tax against your federal. That's and the society that's where that's part of the, the political discourse that's been going on the last 10 years or 20 years, right? I, I hear all this talk on the news that, oh, if you make 150000 you're wealthy, you don't need it. And my wife and I, well, that's not the case in California. Uh, you could be making that money and if you're living in a big city and, and just be living paycheck to paycheck. That's right. Can't afford to take a cab down the street. That's it's right. New York, right. you're making that. Right? The things that you could do for long term is fund the kids 529 plan. So the dollars grow tax deferred and they come out tax free when they go to. You can put a non-deductible IRA contribution in and then convert it to a Roth IRA the very next day. Those are long term tax planning techniques to treat your savings. But in terms of what can you do today? There's not a lot. Well, that's related to my other question. And you can give Our to charity, employers- but even that's not, it, that's not, wouldn't help you. It, giving to charity is an itemized deduction, page two of the tax return. Uh, it's your adjusted gross income, which is that at the bottom of your the first page. That's the, the number that typically is used to determine eligibility for a lot of these programs. Hmm. Well, our tax employer credits. just started to offer a 457 plan, uh, should we be taking advantage oh, of that? Slow, 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 slow. So you work for a uh, you work for a county or state hospital, owned hospital. Correct. Okay, so you have a four hundred three b and a four fifty seven. I'm going to guess you work for UC Davis, but yes, you can do those both. Uh, and we miss that, quite frankly, because it's such an unusual thing. That's correct. Is you can maximize the, both the 403B and the 457, and it will lower your taxable income. You'll have less disposable the balance income. Is, the balance is like how much at this, maybe the tax rates actually are low today. Right? So. Yeah. Well, my wife's worried because it's a non-governmental. And so she, she's worried if, uh, if it goes, if a company goes bankrupt, which I think is unlikely that it wouldn't be, Insured. That's, that's correct. That's wait, 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 I missed that. It's non-governmental. What are you, what are you talking about? Well, uh, and the 457 is rel- relatively new. Um, we work for a charity. It's not uh, oh, a government hospital. Got it. 
Yeah. So. Um, yeah, see, with 401ks, 403bs, they are separate accounts that are not assets or liabilities of, of the employer. A 457 or sometimes a non-qualified deferred compensation plan that companies have, those are sub- those are assets that are subject to creditors of that organization. They are an asset of the organization, not of yours. And so if the organization goes bust, you are a creditor just like everybody else, and you 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 stand in line to see what what portion of your dollars you get back. How big is this nonprofit? Uh, really big. Uh, uh, and one it's, of the largest on the West Coast. Okay, yeah. and it's been around a while. Correct. Okay. Yeah, I'd be okay with the 457. We've actually n- never seen any, uh, you know, technically. And by the way, it's a pretty impressive that your wife actually knew that the 457 was an asset. <laughs> of oh, the she's the accountant. Uh, okay. She's the accountant in the family. She does the taxes and takes care of a here's lot of this. The, but here's and, the challenge. Uh, What's your family income right now? Your gross family income? It's about 240, but... Uh, we're finishing up some training and licenses and about to get a promotion. So we're thinking it's going to be above 300 in the next I'd fund two the, or three I years. Would. I'd fund the four, 403B and the 457. Absolutely. You're so young. You have so many years. Who who knows what's going to happen in the future tax? But I, I wouldn't do that exclusively, though, Pat. I'd, I'd use some Roth for a portion That's of it. That's right. I'd have some of it as a Roth portion. So it's it goes in after tax. Because we don't know what the future is going to be. What happens if if the tax rates is that when you go to retire are higher than they are today. Then it was for not as high as they might seem. It could be worse. And you're, you're, you're if you were in your mid fifties, it'd be easier, but you're a long way off. But I would put, I would, I would absolutely consider both funding the 403 yeah. B to the maximum and using the 457 for some. Or using a Roth portion okay. of one of those for well, set for 25 last- to 30% or something. And one last question, if you have time, uh, please. We we have a CD that's getting ready to uh, come into completion. It's twenty thousand. It's basically just cash we set aside for our children's education. We also have a five twenty nine plan. And the more I learn about it, the more I think we should be taking more advantage of that. Yes, agreed. But uh, you know, I've also been reading a lot of material from Dave Ramsey, who said, and uh, and listening to his program, saying because we do still have the only debt we have is our mortgage, and we have a rental. And he's really big on just paying down debts, you know, right as fast as possible, rather than necessarily putting how, more. How many of his into- listeners? I have I have tremendous respect for Dave Ramsey and for the organization he's built and for the advice that he that he provides. I don't agree with it 100 percent of the time, but that's fine. Um, but most of the people who follow his program are not professionals making family income of 240, going to be pushing to 300. And how old are you? Mid 30s. 34. Oh, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't be any. I wouldn't be any rush. I'd fund the five twenty. If you're in your fifties, I, 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 look. I think debt can be a, a pro. I, I don't have a mortgage on my house. I, I used to. I don't now. I'm fifty four. I just don't have a desire to have a mortgage on my house. But when I was in my thirties, I did. And even in your forties, even in my forties, I did. Yeah, I wouldn't be in a hurry to pay down that mortgage. Uh, I would fund the five twenty nine plan first. Okay. Right. And then I'd, for, I'd fund the 457 before I started accelerating uh, on that mortgage at your age and at your income level. And I tell my wife she should go part-time. That's my other, only other thing. Does I she want guess, to? But, uh, in a way, yes. Um, uh, yeah, she would. But I, just in our profession, it's, it's kind of hard to find a part-time uh, everybody, in fact, it's the opposite. The more you want to work, the more they, you know, in the medical field, you can work as much as you want. Yeah. Um, yes. but, uh, that's maybe the, maybe the goal. It's, it's almost a disincentive to work extra, well, you know, when you get hit so hard. But. There's always, you know, there's always net income, but what right there, that is the perfect explanation of why when tax levels go too high, it's a disincentive. <laughs> right. He's like, I, I, He's if, like the poster if my wife child was for part-time, it. I'd probably get all these benefits. I get the stimulus check. I get the, maybe the tax credits that are getting doled out. Yeah. We'd have a different lifestyle, but I'm okay with that. You were, that is the perfect, that's how capital actually works, right? The higher the tax levels on earnings, wages, and capital, the, the, the less incentive one has in order to perform that function to make the money. It's reality. 
Well, of course. What if was, the tax was 100%? That's right. What if it was 80? At some point in time, it's I mean, just it, like, I'm not going to take the risk anymore. Right. What's the point? Yeah. So, but pers- it, 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 the interesting thing, I mean, you, what you're balancing here is like, like what are your what are your priorities, right? Like, and her career might be a really high priority to her. Maybe it's not as a high of a priority and working part time, and then that means you don't have as much finances. But that's okay. maybe that's fine as well. That's the trade off. Maybe you push retirement out a few more years, but maybe that's fine as well. Money's just one piece of it all. Yeah, and the kids are young. Right. Yeah. I mean, if the kids yeah. were 20 and they were living at home, you'd all be wanting to work full time. <laughs> well, I can understand when the kids aren't in school, why you, you want to go to work. Appreciate the call. Yeah. 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 It's been a bizarre time for, for everybody. All right. Let's continue on here and talk with Dean. Dean, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Ah, hello. Thank you for taking my call. Uh <clears throat> I'm looking at Social Security. I'm 64 and a half. My wife is turning 62, and we're just wondering, uh, should she take Social Security now at 62, or should she wait until I retire so she can, uh, you know, get a higher benefit? Obviously, if she takes it now, it would be at a uh, reduced benefit. Yes, quite significantly reduced benefit. Um, And you're still working. Uh, Yes, sir. When do you plan on retiring? Uh, no time soon. Probably uh, at least two to three years down the road. And what's your income? Uh, to- my income or total income? Your income. Uh, approximately uh, 75000 And what's your wife's income? Uh, she does not work. And you have income from other sources, pension or investment income, or just way you yeah, Well, that. part of my income, I'm taking a, I'm taking a disbursement from my 401k. How much are you taking? Uh, thirty. And how big is your 401k? Uh, it's around eight hundred and fifty thousand. So about a, um, if. <laughs> Well, so first of all, the, the way to get the answer to your question is is to run some some different scenarios using your actual numbers because there's calculators out there that can can do that. But sure, right? Um, and if she began today, I would say whatever she receives, you should reduce your four hundred one k by that amount. But my my gut, without knowing the exact numbers, would be that it's going to be best for her to to wait. Um, do you have any uh-huh. debt? Do you owe any money on your home? Um, I've got a uh, $20,000 uh, mortgage. That's it. Yeah, yeah, that would, that's pretty much no, which could be, uh, I, I, I could. Are, and are you living, com- like are you living comfortably that. on this $75,000 a year? Uh, yes, sir. Okay, so is, I, I agree with Scott. As long as you reduce, um, she could start today, and as long as you reduce the distributions from yeah, your four hundred one k. Yeah, but we don't know if that's amount. the right thing unless you you got to go through and run the numbers. Well, actually, Scott, there's uh, on our website right now, uh, Dean. There is uh, mm-hmm. uh, what we call retirement factoids, and there are eighty one ways for a couple to claim Social Security. Eighty one <laughs> ways. So. Uh, Scott's point is well taken, which is I could give you one or two of those ways, but the show's only an hour. I don't have enough time <laughs> to go over all 81 ways. But on first right. glance, um, it depends on what her, what her, like if her benefit's going to be greater than 50% of yours, maybe it makes sense for her to take it right away. If her benefit's very small, well, you wouldn't want to take it, the reduction and have that. And how's your health and her health? That that is she in good health, great health? She's in good health. I'm in great health. Okay. Uh, it, so the, one of the things that if you have a less than normal life expectancy or expect to have a left, less than normal life expectancy, you want to take it early. But um, okay. this situation, no, I don't, I don't. You got to do some planning here. Yeah, it it goes with more planning than just giving you. My my gut would tell me to wait, but that that I I would 
I would say the same. And particularly if you waited till you right. retired, and then it'd be just more income that you would be replacing of your salary that you're making today. Well, uh, obviously the Social Security goes up eight percent every year, and you wait. That's right. Yeah. You know, it's guaranteed. But you're taking uh, money from your 401k, which is the offset to that. Correct. If you weren't taking the $30,000 from the 401k, I might feel differently about it. But that, uh, you know, which uh, is about 4% of what the, uh, yeah. what the 401k I'm is. Gonna, yeah. My guess is going to be that you're going to want to wait on it, but I would yeah. run. I would, sure. If, if it were me, I'd run through the I'd run through the calculations. If you were a client of the firm, we'd run through the calculations, and then you could make an informed decision. That's what we would recommend is is to actually go through the numbers. I think it would be helpful for you to see. Visit our website: eighty one ways for a couple to claim Social Security at allworthfinancial.com. Yeah, and actually, there's we have a couple factoids um, right now that we're highlighting, and the other one is. This sounds very self-serving. <laughs> working with a good financial advisor is worth about 3% uh, overall return. And that's a study from both Vanguard did a study as well as Morningstar. They both did studies. And it highlights, it doesn't mean you're going to get 3% a year more in your portfolio, but it, it highlights uh, the, the various ways that a good advisor can add value. And while it could add up to that much in what it really means to your overall net worth over a long period. The key there is good advisor. Yes, a good advisor. Good advisor. Yeah. All right, let's uh, continue on with calls here. We're going to uh, talk with Bruce in Minnesota. Bruce, you're with Allworth Money Matters. Hi, thanks for taking my call. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I know you talk about diversification and um, investing like no more than 5% in gold, that type of thing. And I heard last week on your show, I listened to it on the way to work, um, that uh, – in the comments, they were talking about gold, and well, you can't really take a bar of gold into a store and uh, and use it. So I've discovered and wanted your opinion on this. Um, a company called Glint Pay, or Glint, and it's based out of the UK. And the concept is um, you load up a prepaid. Well, it's not prepaid, but it's a, it's linked with Mastercard. It's a debit card, mm-hmm. a Mastercard debit card. And uh, they have a bank here in the States. They just launched it a couple of years ago here in the States. So they have a bank in Sutton that you transfer money into that bank, which loads money onto this debit card. And there's two sections on the debit card. There's a currency section and there's a gold section so okay. that you can transfer uh, whatever money you want into gold. And uh, it's, uh, the gold is then bought and physically placed in a vault in uh, Switzerland. Okay. Backed by Lloyd's uh, of London. Okay. And uh, so, uh, so then you can use that and um, spend it like you would any other debit card. Okay. So I've used it for buying a cup of coffee. We went to a hotel or a resort, used it for that. And uh, so I, with four grams of gold, and you, you're loading up grams. Okay. Gold. Um, so just wondering if you'd heard of that and what mm. you think had of, not heard uh, of it. Okay. I got a little more concerned when you threw in the Lloyds of London. Yeah. But sure. How much money and did the you Swiss put, bank? But, how much, how much did you put in this? You know, I, I'm extremely conservative okay. in my, uh, 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 the way I invest in that. And so I, I've only got like five, $600 in it right okay. now. Okay. What's the, I don't understand the play here though. So you get short term exposure to gold prices. Why not just buy options on gold? What, what, you or could, ETF. But then how do you how do you spend it? I guess the idea behind it is that uh, it's your money is not backed in in a bank. Your money is backed by fiat currency. Yeah. But your money here is backed by the gold that you. But have. you've got to transfer it into a fiat currency to use it. And, and the and the and you're not really making a play on gold because it's it's such a short amount of time. Um, and um, whether the gold exists or doesn't exist, we don't know. All I can tell you is that I'm sure the transactional cost in this conversion from currency to gold at $500 a, um, a, a, a whack is so yeah, high. There, the, there isn't any transaction oh, fees. Oh, there's transaction fees. There's No, I, I've been doing it since September. Okay. So you didn't there, see um, the transaction fees. transaction fees if I, um, um, when I transfer the money. 
And you can top it up with a, a debit card as well if you want. Um, but there is a fee once I um, put it into the gold section. Okay. There's a 0.5% fee. Okay. And, and at what later price? Later on, they say they, they've waived it, but uh, later on there will be a 0.125% um, storage and insurance okay. for the gold. All right. Well, if, have, I were, have, if I were to own have, gold, I would just buy an ETF. I know, but have fun. I mean, it sounds like a lot of work, but have fun. I've yeah, never heard of it. Not, yeah, it's not really a lot of work, but it's, uh, uh, I guess his idea is um, here you're going to be backed by, by gold instead okay. of fiat oh. currency. Yeah. All right. The, the money, if you leave it in your money, then, yeah, that's, uh, that's just like having it in the bank. Yep. Um, yep. But you don't get any interest. So your account does go up and down depending on what the gold is sure. doing. Sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But you, yeah. I mean, another way to do that is in a brokerage account. You can just say, okay. I'd, "I'd like to have an ETF, gold, gold," yep. and you buy yep. that and you own it in there. Just like you can, and then you can convert it back to cash if you need. And to. you could get a checkbook issued with your or brokerage account or a debit wanted. card, and you can do the same thing. And okay, you can so go into your account every day thing. and move the money yeah. around, and it'd be less expensive than the point five. Uh, because okay. most of these accounts, I don't, don't understand the any. play here. I don't understand. It sounds like an awful lot of work. Um, to me, yeah, not not really. It uh, okay. because it, it, when you top it up with your debit card, it's instantaneous. And do you, do you, you, do you actually use money. this debit card, Bruce? Just out of curiosity, like go to, yeah. go to the restaurant. I think you'd get a higher return by getting uh, either a Marriott or a Southwest card or something like that. <laughs> the points, <laughs> and getting the points. I don't know. You'd be at least when when gold prices are up and you're out to dinner, you can feel good about it and like, hey, look, we could get this. It's cheaper. And when gold prices are down, you're like, we better don't bring the reserve wine list. Give me the cheapest house wine you've got. <laughs> I'm buying I'm... <laughs> dinner with gold tonight. <laughs> anyway, hey, Bruce, appreciate the call. Unfortunately, we are out of time. Um, we we broadcast each uh, weekend on the station and if you're a podcast listener you can listen to us of course anytime and if you enjoy this podcast forward it to a friend go ahead and give us a, a rating on your podcast subscription sites this has been scott hansen and pat mclean of allworth money matters this program has been brought to you by allworth financial a registered investment advisory firm any ideas presented during this program are not intended to provide specific financial advice you should consult your own financial advisor tax consultant or estate planning attorney to conduct your own due diligence